0: If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K O FI.com forward slash alone. Or you can go to alone com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you.
1: Hi, this is Rebecca with Alone in a
0: Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and we are going to go over your AMA questions. So let's get started. What is your favorite nonfiction topic or field of study? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh God. That
0: was my reaction.
1: Yeah, everything. Everything. I love history. Um, I love science. I love paranormal. I I love all the all of the weird shit that is is available out there. I, I like just everything. I don't have a favorite. I read everything, and that's yeah. where I get all my stuff from. I think that
0: this is something that a lot of people. Um, sometimes it's beginning writers. Sometimes it's it's people that have been writing for a very long time. You get in these, these ruts of what is interesting to you and what is not. But the thing that you just have to, it's, it's always about what Holly says, ask better questions. So if you are bored by a particular topic, ask yourself, not just how can I make this interesting? The, the way to make it interesting is to ask yourself, how can I use this in my work? Yeah. How can, how can I create like create a character who is just absorbed and obsessed by this one weird bizarre topic and then it it makes the topic more interesting to you as as a person because you you have an investment in it now right
1: right that is but yeah
0: I was the same. I was like, there's no favorite because it's not just history science. It's like every little bit of history. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's
1: there's so much to history. Oh, you, I, did, I love that you're on history because the thing that I am pulling into the Ohio novels is crypto history which is the history that has been blanked out and hidden and, and subverted by governments that don't want anybody to know that there were these countries before that. And this is, I mean, you can go back to the 1800s and find globes that have countries on the map that have been erased from, from current history now. And I mean, there are actually globes out there that have these countries on them. Um, and, and these huge, they had whole kingdoms and governments and uh, politics and stuff, and they were just fucking erased. Yeah. And, and that is part of what I am pulling into the Ohio novels. A little at a time, it's not going to be a heavy thing, and I'm not campaigning. On, <laughs> oh, my God, you must now go out and, and investigate everything about crypto history and what has been done to peoples and places that have been erased from memory. But it is out there and it is it is becoming an important part of a one of the sub themes of the ohio novels
0: see and that can be something that you have pulled from anything like somebody could just um find maps boring well you just showed where maps aren't boring so if you are if if you're like i hate maps so then ask yourself how can I make them interesting? How can I, is, so then you, you pull out some, let's just start with a local map. Let's just say your, your local county map. Try to find something that looks off. Mm-hmm. Try it, or, or, or why is this whole area blank? Yeah, it's probably, you know, 50 acres that somebody owns and doesn't have anything on, but that's not the point. The point isn't the reality of the situation sometimes. The point can sometimes be the magic.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, I love that. That's, yeah. You know, my favorite question for that, for looking at a mm-hmm. map, is hmm. what is this thing and why shouldn't it be here? Yes. Yes.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because that's that's how I started um, messing up w- Wanda Lucia. Yeah. And I was like, okay, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but it did work because I pulled it back. But I, <laughs> I ended up writing um a co- like one of the stories, the mini fan f- flash fictions that I wrote mm-hmm. for Wanda Lucia, which I should probably put out. Oh, God, you is, should. It's a good book. Yeah. Oh, no, I meant the flash fictions oh. because I still have to submit that damn book. I, I want to just self-publish it. but You should uh, because it's talk... good and
1: you can make money off of it. Yeah, that's what I need to tell Tony. You I do? I need to
0: tell Tony. is like...
1: I don't want to, like, sell it no. to someone. No, because you'll make $2,000 and never get another dime. And you It'll won't even get that.
0: If 2000 Right, I yeah. think it's
1: probably less than that now.
0: It depends on where you submit. You but let me talk the, to Tony. Yeah, I, I need to let you talk to Tony. Yeah, you do.
1: Let me talk to Tony. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he's in trouble. And I, he's used to being the favorite, too. He's used to, to like, me making the jokes that, my parents like you better than they
1: like me. <laughs> There, well, I, I, do, like I yeah. do like him. I do like him. I think you did really well with him. Yeah, I did. But let me talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah. And let him know the, the expression on my face when I said that. <laughs> oh, that's
0: not going to help <laughs> because he, he, I make the same expression when I'm upset with him and he's like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. But yeah, th- yeah with, with Wanda Lucia, I pulled it back, but I, I did end up writing a, a story about a it was a little romance story about two characters. One of them was in Wanda Lucia as just a small like cameo, and the other one was a girl that was a crypto. was was like a cryptid hunter, and she was looking for a cryptid in Wanda Lucia. And now she doesn't find it because that's not the story. That's not the world. Right. But it was it was clear that I was I was aching to write Fulton Hills at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, but anything could be interesting. Literally, go to a library, walk into the most weird, random section you could possibly find that looks the most boring, pull out the most nondescript book, open it to a random page, point at a random line, and then just start reading. And you can come up with a story, a world, a character just from doing that alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that every, I guess for our, our answer for that one would be. Everything. Yes. What is our favorite nonfiction topic yeah. of or field of study would be the,
1: the, all of it. All <laughs> of it, yes. All of it, because everything you read makes your fiction richer. And the more you read, the richer you get.
0: Okay. So how do you know when a book is done and will get no more revision?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um There are a couple of different ways you know that's done, and one of them is the arbitrary because I said so, damn it, where you have just had enough, and you cannot take it anymore, and the ones that that where you end it that way and you walk away, you generally are not going to publish, but they are still done. Um, And I am strongly of the opinion and there are a lot of people that disagree with me that not every book is worth finishing and revising and re-revising and fixing and making it the cornerstone of your life. I have written a number of books that are on my hard drives now that will not be finished because once I wrote them I realized I didn't like the characters or the conflict or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and I looked at them and I said nope I'm done with that and I walked away Because there are other books, and there is always another book, and there are a lot of them that are going to be awesome and wonderful and fill your life with joy. And so the next thing that you look at then is, okay, well, I have actually come to the ending on this book, and uh, I have read through it once, and I have found the problems, and I have revised those problems using a very strict format of this is this is exactly how I'm going to revise it. I have done that. I have handed it off to somebody else. My somebody else is not an asshole, but somebody Mm -hmm. who genuinely wants to help me make my book better and who is very nice about it. And uh, that person has gone through it, has shown me places where there were problems. I have fixed those problems. And then I have read it myself again. And then it's done. It, well, you have bug hunters, uh, Well, yes. yeah. Well, that's true, because I always use bug hunters. Um, you would have a copy editor if you can afford one, but I am at that not at that point right now where I can afford somebody to go through and find all of my errors and yeah. fix them for me, so I have to rely on volunteers who get credited in the book for helping <laughs> me find all of my bugs. I am deeply grateful for these people. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the writing pretty much, you have to, to aim to make it pay for itself and... Uh, right now having hiring a bunch of people is just beyond my budget so
0: yeah and if you're in the same position Holly has a a course title cover copy that kind of covers this and also gives you a really neat template for the bug hunters yeah Uh, that was one of the most useful things I I just really enjoyed having that and you're still gonna get some some assholes if you haven't worked with your people before oh yeah that's where I got the the critic from hell you can go back and listen to destructive criticism versus uh critique or something one of our episodes yeah um you can link it in the show notes (laughs) yeah i'll link it in the show notes it was a really early episode yeah but we've we've got to cover like in your opinion is a book
1: ever really going to be
0: perfect
1: no no you are you it, it helps to set a deadline To say, okay, um, to have some constructive means of knowing when it is done enough. Because you could work on the same damn book for the rest of your life and never finish it. Because there is always going to be a different way to write a scene. Not a better way, but a different way. There is always going to be a different way to show the same character doing the same thing. Not a better way. But a different way, and at the point where you find yourself going through and making things not better but different, you're screwing up your book, and you need to walk away. Um, There's something that Holly covers
0: in How to Think Sideways that is—it's literally the first first lesson, <laughs> and it is perfect. Never finishes, right. so it is one of the procrastination issues that people have, and. It, it, your older books are not going to be as good as your newer books. Right. That is just how it works. If you're doing this shit right, if you are trying to get the very best book out every single time that you write, then you're always going to have work that is comparatively subpar to to the work that you have just put out. Right. You you can't make everything perfect. It's it's like it's, a certain someone we have we know who has their little story that has been the exact same since you were a child that yeah yeah has never um actually done anything with it and and i'm talking what like 50
1: at this point something years hold on or before you were born no this was after so this is about 50 50 about 50 years ago yeah
0: Yeah. The same story. Never done anything with it. She's never, she's never, you know, she, she, she keeps bringing it up and telling other people about it. It's, it's, it, that one safe never starts. Yeah. Right. 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 So you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the safe never starts. You don't want to ever be the perfect, not never finishes. And this is not mocking anyone. No, this is, this is not, this is, this is a case point of. You will never,
1: ever get it done if you don't get it done right. and let it go. And let it go. And, and this is a, these are stages that we go through. You, the first one is safe never starts. And that's where we all start is mm-hmm. that you, you haven't started and you aren't starting and you want to start and you think about it and you're not doing it. And finally, you just fucking do it
0: or mm-hmm. you don't.
1: Because if you stay stuck in safe, you're never going to do it. Yeah. And perfect, every single one of us has to deal with perfect, every single book. And yeah. there is this point where you have to know that it's time to let it go. And if you have, if you have a good run with your editor and the editor goes through and says, okay, well, you know, this is really decent. There's stuff in here. I loved you made these mistakes, F- fix these, and you're good to go. Believe them. When your bug hunters say, oh, I had fun with this. It was great. It, no, it's not going to be the best book you ever write in your entire life. It just won't. But if be, you don't want it to right, be. Right. Because do, means, especially if you have a, a lot of life left, you, you want every book to be the best book
0: you've yes, ever written but, but, by the time you've written it. Right.
1: <laughs> you, that's just it. it. It's the best book you've written right now. And that's all you're looking for is the best book you can write right now. And when you have it good enough that people enjoy reading it and you're getting some good feedback on it, let it go and move on. Yeah.
0: So uh, I think that that question has been pretty well answered. Um, (laughs) If somewhat vehemently. Yeah. Well, that's just one of those topics that we're very passionate about because you're talking about our people and our people that are sitting there struggling to, to get their work out into the world because they just, they can't, they can't get past either safe or perfect. Yeah,
1: and are dying on the inside because they want to do this thing and they're too afraid to let it go. Yeah. And you have, and, yeah, that's a hard that place. fear,
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that fear is is huge, and that's why you have to take the baby steps. That's why you have to show it to somebody who, who you you can trust at first and then start to branch out to people who m- maybe you don't actually physically know but that you can trust, like our forums. Our forums are amazing. Yeah. Our people
1: are amazing. And if people are assholes, they will be removed. Yes. Because this, that is flaming people or doing destructive criticisms are just not in the – they are – the reason you will get kicked out, is right in the terms of service. So yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> it's it's pretty
0: easy to do it too. Just screenshot what they did and send it to a mod or send it to one of us, and and we will take care of it because yep. that is one thing we we do not tolerate is is destructive criticism. Mm-hmm. This is we are not competition. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Right, writers are not each other's competition, and if somebody is saying that, they're wrong. Yes, we we are each other's. Support, yeah. Because as Holly has said a hundred times, you cannot possibly write enough books in your lifetime to feed one reader, <laughs> much less yeah. You know, much less. It's 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 impossible. We are not each other's fucking competition. We are each other's support, and.
1: And, and and encouragement and <laughs> yes. joy and we are we are the, the writers that you love to read, who are writing the same kind of things that you do are your entertainment too. Damn it, yeah. So you, absolutely. Guys, you get to read each other's books, and I've got yeah. some some folks whose work I just love, and and they're members of the community, and uh, <sighs> that's they're not my competition, Mm-mm. they are my colleagues. And this yeah. is what we do. And we can help each other. And we can make this better for each other. And we can love this job that we all are lucky enough to get to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm getting on to uh, one uh, asking me, how many hours does it take to do a podcast? And have you found the experience to be beneficial to your writing? Oh. Um, <laughs> the hours are, are incredibly varied. And I can explain... If, if Holly and I have a really good week where we're just completely on and it's a mini and it's, you know, it's like we, we film thir- 45 minutes and I only have to cut like three minutes, then that that's going to be fast. And then I also, I already have this visual in my head for the image that I'm going to be making. And then the copy just comes out super easy and there's like no links in the show notes that I need or, or they're the same links that I've used last week yeah then then that's not so bad then i might just get maybe six or eight hours of of you know working that week but i think that's only ever happened once
1: <laughs> that sounds about right
0: <laughs> yeah the problem is too that the halloween episode you're talking about oh dear god i mean it's 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 so much work. What did I say for a lot? I mean, including the time that it takes us all, all of us, all three of us, to record the the different stories, to then me to edit all of them. Uh, Mark edits his own, but then I still have to add the music and the sound effects. And and you're talking hundreds of hours. Yeah. I I, I mean, easily uh, easily at least a hundred hours, if not. It was more.
1: I I, I think you yeah. said it was something like hundred and fifty for last year's.
0: Yeah. The, the most yeah, recent that, one, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 2019. Right. That sounds about accurate. And and that's not including me going through all of the stories originally, right. I think. And assigning them. And then separating them out. And then also, ass- like, sending... Yeah, assigning them to you guys mm-hmm. and me. And, and then sending out the contracts and getting the contracts back and having problems. Um, the average... The average podcast episode that we do is probably, man, it's so hard to to it full. It is between a a part time and full time job every month. Right, that's what I can. That's what I can say. It averages out to about that because we do have a lot of parts in the podcast that I end up taking out. Um. Because of my situation at the house, we've got a lot of noises that come in. Odd odd timing, I'm leaving that in. We have a lot of noises that come in on my end. Uh, A lot of the animal issues, weird neighbor issues. We also tend to run on a bit, if you guys hadn't noticed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, not us, never.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I actually end up cutting some of that because... It just it detracts from the episode. Right. So believe it or not, you guys aren't even getting the full tangents.
1: Um, <laughs> I so do get excited. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. I I tend to cut my stuff out more than Holly's because Holly's still tends to have the same point. It it you know and and I tend to ADHD ramble off into a different world and then come back and be like, wait, what? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I. I do want to touch this topic though. Yes, it, I have found it incredibly beneficial to my writing because I have an extra level of accountability. Um, I've I've had some mental illness issues. You, you know, I I well, I, I've had some anxiety, depression. I've had the medical issues. I've had all of this other stuff. And yet with that, and even sharing my bad weeks on here where I didn't get a damn thing done, where it was just, I was too deep into the, the pit of despair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have, I feel that I'm coming back to it a lot quicker because I have people who care about what I'm writing, who genuinely are telling me, listen, I really want to read what you're writing. And for somebody who has not published in this world yet, and who hasn't published under her own name yet. That is a huge deal. That reminds me that people want to read this stuff. It, it's, it's kind of like, I guess, Holly, you know, when you would put out the first book, you would know that there were people that wanted to read the next one. Yeah. And people that wanted to read the next one. <laughs> so it, it kind of gives you a little bit of extra incentive. But I'm also at that level of, of extra accountability so there was me and then when we were meeting every week and talking about writing and stuff there was there was you tony's always been there for the accountability but he lets me off the hook sometimes and and you know that's fine because that's what he should do as my husband it is yeah but knowing that there are people who are rooting for me and also expect to hear that i got something done yes (laughs) you know it, it's it really is beneficial as hell to to have that you know yeah to know that so many people I've never even met have my back on something
1: yeah yeah the, but the, the thing that, that drives me the craziest about this is that I couldn't afford to pay you for the hours that you put into this uh, uh I, I really wish fine. I could
0: <laughs> yeah but you know what that's that's the thing is like the podcast all I want it to just do is to just pay for itself like just to be in the green to support itself and I feel like we will eventually get there um the fact
1: that it is doing what it is Mm -hmm. right now yeah I think and reaching so many people at the moment I think it's paying the monthly pod bean and uh fee and then a little bit more than that so yeah, with the supporters
0: on coffee, I know it's paying for a kismet, and um, it's paying for one other thing. I think my websites basically okay. Like that's that's the amount of money that's coming in is is that is paying the Akismet and then the fee for my my websites. That's right. just how I remind myself of how this this setup works. Right. But I mean, we've had podcast listeners. I'm wearing headset because of the podcast listeners. Yeah. I have a a I forget what it's called because I don't look at the title when I use it, but the the deesser. I have a deesser because of
1: a podcast. <laughs> because listening. she needs one because of me.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I have so many little things because of the support that we're getting, and it's it's fine that you know I'm I'm not getting paid, you know, an hour a good hourly rate or
1: whatever. Well. I think you might be making a little less than you were as a waitress without tips.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, some something some weeks, you know, and some some months. Like, oh dear God, the Halloween episode, October alone slays my hourly rate. (laughs) Oh my God,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so it's 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 hard to answer the question of how many hours does it take to do a podcast. But between the it's the the absolutely wonderful, amazing support that I'm getting on both my my mental and physical problems as well as my writing. And also just the fact that every week we are talking about a different topic that we wouldn't necessarily be talking about just sitting and talking to, on Sundays. I yeah. learned from Holly too. That's why I wanted to start this podcast was because I was learning from her every week and it's like... Ah, you know, other people (laughs) need to hear this. This is, this is amazing. This is really good stuff. I wish I could record our, you know, our sessions or whatever. And it's, I still learn from her like almost every single week. I'm, I'm, and it's repetitive, right? Repetition is the mother of skill. Yeah. So even when I'm talking about stuff that I know, I'm reminding myself, okay, yeah, character voice. I really need to, to remember that character voice can be light mm-hmm. or something like that you know yeah. it's just uh, so okay um which which books however many you want um would you most want to be read by people in the future?
1: either your own or written by others. Okay, well, so, um, I am totally self-centered about this. If I'm go for it. I am swinging for the fences here, man, I want my books to be read in the future. So obviously, I am going to pick my own books. Uh, and I would, the ones, three or five or whatever, was, was that yeah. it? Yeah, okay. three, five or whatever. Um, mm. uh, the the Matron Trilogy. Um, that was what I was thinking, yeah, too. That, that would be my first big ones. Uh, tell them which diplomacy that of is. wolves um, courage of falcons uh, <laughs> diplomacy and of of, yeah, yeah diplomacy of wolves vengeance of dragons courage of Falcons and Vincalis the agitator it's not actually a trilogy it's a quadrology and yeah. those yes <laughs> but but the last one is uh, could be read a prequel yeah it's a prequel but it's a prequel a thousand years before so it doesn't give any spoilers and there's no redundancy in it um but. Um, that, uh, Talon, Mm Hawksbar, and the as yet unwritten Redbird. Um. Well, it's the future, so it's written. Exactly. It's in the the future, (laughs) that thing will be written, and it will be 250,000 words like the other two, and... And Redbird will get her story and her romance, damn it, and and, and she and her girlfriend are going to live happily ever after. Hopefully so, they all get better titles. Oh, yes, and they will all have better titles in the future. They'll have something that people will actually give a shit about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, and then the Ohio novels, because I already know from having written the first book and from Matt's reaction to it that this is uh, that and uh, that I get to stay in this world this time it's not going to get ripped out from underneath of me um that these books are are the other ones that I want to be my future my my legacy a thousand years in the future my Shakespeare my Chaucer my I am willing to learn to read middle English to read this fucking thing books (laughs) I did I read yeah. Chaucer, and I read him first in, in translation, and then I read him in Middle English, and and I, I still remember the first verse: "One that opera with his the root of March hath pierced the root." I will not torture you with that, but that's Chaucer in Middle English, and I probably mispronounced a fair amount of it. But <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not our. Our
0: original, like it's it's not our language that we were born and raised with. Right. So it's yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So yeah, we didn't, we're not going to flog anybody with that. But Chaucer taught me characterization. Um, the Wife of Bath, which I got to paint a mural on my high school wall. Uh, my either junior or year my my junior year um, at Beaver Local High School, I got to paint this gigantic mural in the middle of the wall with Chaucer, and uh the wife of bath had the front right corner of the mural with her little gap in between her teeth and she was she slept around and i thought that was a fascinating thing and was just blatantly unapologetic about it man um and the there there were these people that that were written 600 years before i read them and they were human beings the miller's tale um, the Reeves Tale, the, the the dirty jokes that were that were middle English, dirty jokes in short story form. And I read them in high school and I thought this is the coolest shit I have ever discovered about people <laughs> is that 600 years ago, they were still people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Still telling dirty jokes. Right. Still, you know, some of them were prudish. Some of them were sleeping around, didn't care what people thought. Yeah, yes. that's.
1: There people was are a, people. one of them. A guy kissed kissed the, the the man who whose wife he was going to cheat with, kissed him on the bare butt. Didn't know he was going to do it. That was the big punchline. Of the, and I read that in high school, and I was I was so shy and so bashful, mm-hmm. and so prudish, and I laughed my ass off at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's hard for me to say what books I would I, I would say all of them I don't I, I just I, I can't limit anything because people are going to be so different and I think that there are some really important works of literature but I think bad books have their place too mm-hmm. I think bad books in some instances even create the drive of a writer to actually get out there and get their stuff out there to do something better
1: than that shit
0: yeah, you yes. read a bad book and you're like, well, shit. I mean, I could do better than this. And somebody, you know, a lot. everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. Every, first of all, I want to say, everybody thinks that. And then they actually sit their asses down and try to do it. And then like 90% of them realize, oh, I'm not a writer. Fuck this.
1: 99.99%. No, hold on. Okay. Hold
0: on. 90% of them oh. realize they're not a writer. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> Maybe
0: 8 or 9% continue to think they're a writer someday. 1% of those people who who read got finally got tired of, of reading bad books and wanted to write their own will actually become writers and and can do better and get their stuff out there. That's, that's now, true. yeah. There there's a lot of people that have always wanted to be writers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not including them in this, this this generalization. But bad books have their place too. So I mean if if you're somebody like us who read so broadly i can't narrow it down to any particular even genre that i think should stay around no i i think like you love chaucer i think dickens should always be read i think ayn rand should always be read i think cheesy harlequin romances have their place too because so many people find joy in in
1: fluff yes in the escape and And, thank god there are people who write fluff so that these that these readers have something they can love you don't have to love the great literature you can love crap that's okay yeah absolutely (laughs) I mean
0: the the point is you're reading yes you know or you can you can love the great literature and just want a brain break so you read fluff my friend said that that she was going to rent a a you know cheesy romance from the library because it's like candy you know it's like cotton candy yes and i'm like yeah that's perfect that's exactly it because she reads lots of different things you know yeah she she, but sometimes you just need some cotton candy oh my god you do (laughs) yes yeah
1: and and your cotton candy could be um cozies my cotton candy initially was when I was working at Burger Chef in East Liverpool in 1976, 75 or 76, um, the girl that I worked with was a big Harlequin romance reader, and I had never read any of them. Never, not net, never read one. Um, they were not quite within the purview of what was accepted in my household. Mm-hmm. She gave me an entire. Um, A grocery bag full of them. And I spent my summer just going one to the next, to the next, to the next. Emptied the entire grocery bag of those. It was cotton candy heaven. It was... And I mean, they were... These were... Back in the day when the guy was always 31 years old and the girl was always 19 years old and, mm-hmm. um, they were just God awful. When you look back at them and you think, wow, you know, that's even really kind of creepy. But yeah. at the time that was just fun and it was stuff I was definitely not supposed to be reading.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it was that, that naughtiness factor. Oh yeah. We've mentioned this on the podcast before, by the way, because Amanda, my friend, um, she, she gave me just a bunch. You know, mm-hmm. she would get them for free from this one dude who couldn't sell them. He would give them to her. She would read them. She could read a, a couple of them a day. I mean, she's a fast reader. Yeah. And then she would give them to me. And, like, I could only read about one a day. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as fast a reader as her. But I also, I, I don't know if that was, like, her only hobby at the time or whatever. I, I, I honestly don't know. I love you, Amanda, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but... We had a couple of comments and I had an email. This is apparently sort of like a rite of passage or something. It is. is, And it's always grocery bags. Yeah. It's like these, these women that have wrote in like, yeah, my friend did that too. Or I was working at Wendy's and my friend brought in three bags for me. Or, you know, I was working at Walmart and I mentioned that I like this, uh, that I, uh, that I like the little cheesy romance that was in the section and my coworker came in and brought me a whole thing. No, no, not coworker. Sorry. The customer I was talking to came in and brought me, she said it was nearly like one of those mini trash bags. Oh
1: my God. You got to love that person. Oh my God. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, and she said she doesn't even live in a small town or anything like that. She was just trying to help the lady find um, something, and and said that she mentioned that. Oh yeah, I kind of like to read those those trashy little novels too because they're just fun. They're a fun escape. Mm-hmm. And the next day, the freaking customer came in with this tr- trash, a uh, near
1: trash bag full. See, and of, there is that yeah. human connection between mm-hmm. readers and writers, and readers and readers yeah love that yeah
0: there is something about finding somebody else who reads and everybody's like oh you know people who read they're they're becoming less and less don't don't buy that bullshit it's just we're we're busy reading yes that's that's why we're not that's why we're not on social media telling people we're reading exactly you know <laughs> i know i follow one one uh friend of my aussie friend leah who is always posting like her her books, like everything that she reads. that's pretty much like all she does is just share what she's reading. And I love that. And I think that maybe us readers need to do that more often because it looks like we're a disappearing breed, but we're not. We're everywhere. look at the book sales. Look at the, the Kindle um, the Kindle sales and the, and, and the, the ebook sales alone. Mm-hmm. That's,
1: it's obvious we still exist. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's really, really encouraging. Yeah, I'm so glad so, yeah, people read. Uh, yes, me too. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's 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 wonderful, and yeah. So that that's my my answer is uh, everything. I I, I don't <laughs> think that any particular book. Obviously, I want my mom's stuff to still be out there. Obviously, I want people to be re- reading Talon a hundred. 600 a thousand years from now yeah. obviously I want you know people to be reading Fulton Hills I want there to be a hundred books in the series is it all in Fulton Hills I, I want my zombie novel my my epic zombie thing to to exist and yeah I'd love it if people read it but i I want people to be reading you know um the three investigators uh Bruce Coville. you know yeah I it, just read everything So that has been our episode answering your AMA questions. We'll be back again next week. Just want to say we love you guys. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you later.
1: Okay, I had a cat and the cat pleased me. Fed my cat under yonder tree. Cat said fiddle high. Yeah. All right.